The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 146, recorded June 7th, 2022. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one half of the KyberCast team. The other half joining me is... Michael Diaz. Hey, Michael. Well, hey, another, another recording out of time on our typical day. <laughs> so, But we talked about Obi-Wan 1 and 2. We'll talk about Obi-Wan 3 because we're kind of late on that one, so... You know, we're a little bit behind in all these, but really doesn't matter. So we're we're here for the geek stuff, just not on time. Right. But that's okay. It it is okay. It's okay. But there is some news. We got breaking news 30 minutes ago before this thing uh, even started. Um, So I'm curious. uh, We kind of talked for a second prior to hitting the record button, but uh, the Joker 2 is a go. And it's called Joker Folly Adieu. I don't know what that means. I assume that's French. Well, I looked it up. Folie adieu, also known as shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder. Really? Like double, like personality disorder? Oh, interesting. Well, it's shared. Yeah. With who, Batman? It's a psychiatric syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another. So you know what that tells me? No. What does it tell you? Harley Quinn. Oh, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't Can you get that far in without a Batman? I guess we'll find out. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. But yeah. The same syndrome showed by more. I'm reading this straight from Wiki. The same syndrome show, shared by more than two people may be called folle à trois, quad, you know, anyhow. French words I can't say. Oh, so do is two yeah. people. Got right. it. Ah, two crazies. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Could be interesting. Did you show the? Did you show the cover of the script in the Todd Phillips? Uh, I guess on his Instagram, and then the next picture was um, Joaquin reading the script. So it still blows my mind. I mean, I, I get that hard to turn down money, bro. Hard to turn down money when it's out there. Well, let's. It's not. Hopefully not just money. I and mean, let's face it, um, the first Joker is critically acclaimed, and it's a good movie. It's a great movie, and Joaquin did a fantastic job. You know, he's not, he doesn't strike me as the no. guy to cash in. So if the script is probably good and the story is good, why not? Right, There's right. Godfather Two. Nobody they, nobody made fun of uh, Pacino for doing a sequel. <laughs> Godfather Two. You know. Yeah, but Godfather Two is amazing. I know, but, it, but that's what I'm saying. This could be just as as strong if they do it right. Yeah, but Pacino also did uh, Dick Tracy. Yeah, I know, but at the point I'm saying is that <laughs> they can do the sequel right. They didn't make a sequel to Dick Tracy, did they? They did not. <laughs> of course. No, I, I, I just like I said, the thing that keeps blowing my mind, and I get that people are multifaceted, but Todd Phillips is what the same guy that. What, didn't he direct a road trip or something? Or at least he appeared. He was the weird guy that sucked on Amy Smart's toes on the bus. That was Todd Phillips. Anybody that can create comedy can create drama, but not the other way around. Because comedy is hard. Comedy is hard to do and making people laugh is very hard to do. Making people feel like shit's pretty easy because we feel that way most of the time anyways. (laughs) So... Um, you know, that's why so comedians make the best dramatic actors, I think. Sometimes, sometimes. Most of the time. Even Will Ferrell has gone some dramatic stuff. You're like, holy shit. So I know, but with the best dramatic actors, I mean. I said can make, not always, you know. Okay, I was going to say. Yeah. 
you know, but sometimes these dramatic actors try to do comedy and it just doesn't, they just don't, they don't have that timing. No, it's hard to go the other way. That's for sure. That's yeah. right. It is a rare dramatic actor that can be super hilarious. Right. Patrick Stewart's one of them though. There's a few for sure. I mean, I, I think it took some time, but I think De Niro's done a few, but he's more or less straight man, but he's done yeah, some pretty, yeah, he's, yeah. but he's done it. But yeah. Looks interesting. Like, I mean, I can see, I can see Ryan Reynolds doing a really good dramatic role once he gets past all his money and the roles that he's been doing lately. I can see him doing something. He's done like, a couple. Yeah, I know, but I mean, he's not known for it yet. But I think he can turn that Robin Williams corner, so to speak. Well, he's got to do some more dick jokes in the next Deadpool movie first, right? For Disney, <laughs> um, Sandman trailer. So. It looks good. I've never read it. I probably should have. I thought for sure Michael Diaz has read it because he is such the comic guy. And this is right in the wheelhouse of the 90s comics that killed and, you know, Dark Knight Returns and only Sandman was up and was big from what I remember. So it really surprises me that. Uh, did you read it, Michael? No, no. This is one <laughs> of the few major comics. I just, it's one of those things I always want to get to. And I've got. You don't have it digitally somewhere life. packed away or like when you're hive of comics? Uh, actually, no. I might have the first trade maybe somewhere. I've mm-hmm. tried to start reading it several times, but it, it's just, it's it's got a lot of hype, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of issues. I will get to it, but well, hopefully before I die. But I do have the, uh, I think they got two Omnibi that are uh, on my wish list from Amazon that I kept meaning to buy at some point in time to just buy the whole series and read it that way. I've just never pulled the trigger. So, yeah, this is one of the few major comic book series I have never read. Interesting. Well, it looks good. It looks interesting. I, I, I hope it's. Uh, um, I hope it's good. It looks shot well. I mean, Netflix is. They put a bunch out the other day. I guess they had a bunch of announcements. I didn't get every every one of them, but uh, you know, they're starting. They're starting to feel the pinch. I think of. They've got to get some properties going. Yeah, they got to start making some money. Yeah. Like, I'm making, you know, they got to keep subscribers to keep coming for certain properties. They've tried. I mean, you know, was that uh, that comic book series, that Mark Millar one that ended up going nowhere? Jupiter's uh, Circle or whatever, Jupiter's Children? Or, yeah, it was terrible. It got good. At the, it got better at the end. Right. But, but just as it got interesting, canceled. Canceled. They, yep. they, fuck, they, they, they missed an opportunity. They, oh, did you see the news too? The uh, HBO canceled. Um, like I didn't watch a second season. The uh, that sci-fi with the with the androids. Uh yes. Uh, Raised by wolves. They Raised by wolves. It. Yeah, they canceled. They canceled it. I read that it's it was partially yeah. because um, the whole discovery thing. They're just trying, you know, the Discovery Plus, how they're merging and all that. It was. It yeah, it's money. All right, but not not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. Um, you could take this next one since you sent it to me. Well, we saw the teaser three weeks ago, but now we got the full trailer to the Hulu original movie Prey, which takes place in the whole Predator um, universe. It takes mm-hmm. place like three hundred years or something like that ago with the Comanche tribe, and he's hunting. Uh, but just see the trailer. The trailer will explain everything you need to know. I don't even have to watch um, a movie because I just saw it in the trailer. I'm good. Meh, I, uh, dude, I'm totally. I they just showed everything. What what the fuck do I need to watch? They're going to be hunted down. There's people that are going to shoot after it. They're going to. He's going to hide and he's going to go one on one with this Native American girl and she'll win. And good, done. And to me, it looks absolutely awful. Oh, I 100 percent disagree, dude. Can you make a word like? Let's have her with the most Californian accent talk. To, like, it's just rubbish. Like, why don't why it should be subtitled? Like, if she's native, like, speak it. Like, she has like a perfect yeah. LA accent. I mean, no, she doesn't. She doesn't have an LA accent. Like, give me a fucking break. No, she does, but why? I don't want apocalypto. Okay, I don't want to read <laughs> the entire time. Uh, it looks terrible. Ancient dead language. Yeah, I think I it looks it. solid. I think it looks better than the last Predator movie we got. I'm, I'm thinking, 
this is one of those times. And again, I haven't seen it yet. I could be proven wrong. But I think by going smaller with a smaller budget, they got to tell a tighter story. I mean. What story? It's a hunting story. There's no story. Yeah, but I like it. I like those stories. I know I know what I'm getting into, okay? I know I know it's a Big Mac, okay? I know the pieces. I know how it's going to taste. I know how it's going to eventually end, okay? I know how this works. I, I get it. There are no surprises in that. You're right. The predator, oh my God, you know, kills something, <laughs> try to figure out what's going on. They hunt it down. It kills everyone except one or two last remaining people. And then right. somehow the hero kills the predator and wins. I get right, it. which they it's just the showed story. everything in the, they just showed in the preview though. They just pretty much showed every beat to that. Well, so I don't need to watch we, the movie. You know, it was that way in Predator. It was that way in Predator 2. It was that way right. in Predators. <laughs> yes. You're proving, it's great. I don't have to say anything. You're proving everything I just said. Right. And I'm here for it. I know exactly what it is. This is not cinema. Okay. I know this that. It's not, you know, some, you know, it's, it's a, it's a Big Mac, and I'm ready to take a bite. It looks solid. Well, let's just see if I guess the, I guess the best question would be: Is it going to be a the 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 Big Mac you see in the commercials, where it, you know it's just out of the oven and it's got fluffy bun and everything looks great, or is it going to be the big the Big Mac you actually do get at McDonald's when you open it up? It's we flattened. Gift, we won't know. I'll wait till you watch it. Uh, I'll decide if I watch it or not. I uh, I sent the trailer to my brother, who I don't know if I've told this story before, but. My brother's 12 years younger than I am. And so his favorite movie when he was two and three years old was two, Predator. Two years old? Yeah. Well, we watched it a lot because I was a huge fan. Right. And I probably, you know, was babysitting and probably shouldn't have let him watch it, but he watched it. <laughs> I would think so. It too. It's a, it's a pretty... Okay. Listen, I'm not saying I was the best older brother <laughs> and he was the best job babysitting. But it got to the point when he was young he would ask to watch it. But Michael's probably like the big brother oh. at night while, while his brother went to sleep. He put lasers on his forehead to make him feel like Predator was <laughs> coming after him. <laughs> you know, he would ask, you know, as he was learning to talk and whatnot, <laughs> he couldn't say, he couldn't say Predator. I mean, he didn't know it was called Predator because he right. couldn't read. But he knew it was a monster, but he called it the Monch. The Monch. So he would ask us, seriously, he would ask us as a little, as a little toddler, won't watch the Monch. <laughs> That's great. And I'd throw on Predator and he'd be transfixed. So now I like this connection. Is, so now I understand more about why you may like this stuff. That's a great connection. I totally get it. So my brother's 36 now. I sent him the trailer. His response was the same as mine. He goes, uh, he goes I, I got to admit, it looks pretty solid. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm just, and part of this might just be that I really want it to be good. Sure. We all want stuff to be good. I want it to be good too. I just, I feel a little Picard in this. Like I just feel a little, go back in time, make it cheap. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. I'm excited. I know you think it looks like crap. I I don't, it doesn't look like crap. It looks shot well. It looks good. I mean, but it's not going to be any, like, it's just, it's like, you know. There's going to be nothing new here. Uh, I'll at least say this. Yes, we, we know the beats. We know what's going to happen in the story, right? We already know that. Right. But at least I'm giving them kudos for trying something different. You know, they're going back in time, which we already know from Predator 2 that the Predators have been around for hundreds of years. So we're seeing a little bit of that, a little bit of that without it being a prequel as far as we know. Yeah. I'm excited, but I'm a huge Predator fan, so I'm biased. Yeah, no worries. Um, all right. And then the last piece of news, um, some reviews are starting to come out for Jurassic World Dominion and, uh, pretty mixed. Um, you know, like one, mostly they're not so good. <laughs> like here's one from Courtney <laughs> Howard, Courtney Howard. I guess these are all, uh, uh, journalists, uh, Jurassic World Dominion equals capital letters bad <laughs> it ignores the premise it should have had from the start instead synthetically engineering two entirely different uninteresting and hollow stories that it struggles to connect some effects look polished some ropey worst of the franchise oh that's pretty bad because uh lost kingdom was that the last one yeah the previous one god that was so bad 
Here's the, uh, it delivers a spectacle you expect, but Jurassic World Dominion feels underwhelming for a finale as it treads familiar ground. Lovely to see the tri- original trio, uh, even though, trio though, and their strand is the strongest, even if unwittingly highlights how bland the JW characters are by comparison. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why Chris uh, Pratt gets praised for these films because literally, you could use a cardboard cutout, like, and that, this is not, I'm, this is not a pile on Chris Pratt fest. I, I like Chris Pratt. I loved him on Parks and Rec. I think he's been pretty good in most of the things I've seen him in. I love him in Guardians of the Galaxy. He does a good job now and then, but I'm sorry. In the Jurassic movies, he's just the guy that holds his hands up, and the and the dinosaurs listen. Listen, that's it. What does he do? Right. Right. You could replace him with a cardboard cutout. So, I'll read one more, one more review. <laughs> uh, okay. Truly, Jurassic World Dominion is bad. So bad. It's too long. It's wildly repetitive, and the dinosaurs are window dressing for multiple uninterest, uninteresting, unrelated stories. The actors do their best, but it's all just overindulgent and pointless. One of it, one of, if not the worst in the franchise. Ooh. So, Joe, are you going to come see it, go go see it this weekend then? I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to wait for Michelle to get back, and I'm not sure when she's coming back. She, I, she wants to see it. She'll like it. It's Look, this is Predator. It's the same thing. We know it's going to happen. There's, the beats are all there. It's going to be the same shit. It's being chased by dinosaurs. dinosaurs and, they're going to get where they're not supposed to, and they got to survive and get them. Right. So, I we know it. this. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. I think I say that all the time. Here's the thing. When Jurassic World came out, I actually really liked it. Um, I was uh, my fine. It was a, a diminishing returns, but it was fun with the kids. But, I, you know, as a movie, I was like, that was okay. Yeah, but one thing I liked about it was with Indominus Rex, the bioengineered uh, dinosaur they came up with. They actually made the dinosaur scary again for a second. Because mm-hmm. obviously the first Jurassic Park, I mean that that T Rex is oh, Spielberg did it perfectly. The cinematography, the just the beats and how you know how scary it was when it's chasing him in the jeep. That's all those yeah, things. yeah. It's because you have Spielberg. It is a exactly. But they with Indominus Rex, you know the fact that it could you know was it had chameleon like abilities and stuff. Yeah, the, the scene where you know it pops out and it's there, it scared me. I jumped. <laughs> so. In my opinion, and yours may differ, you know, the best, you can't beat Jurassic World. That movie blew my mind in 1993. It made me think, holy shit. 93, that's when it came out? Yeah. Jurassic World? Wow. Jurassic Park. Oh, Park. I thought you said Jurassic World. Yeah, the first one, sure. Yeah, but I'm saying you can't beat that one. It's the It's the best one. But for my money... I thought the second best of the entire series of the six films now is Jurassic World. Jurassic Park 2 is a clear cash grab. It really wasn't even that good. It's terrible. Jurassic Park 3 is awful. Yeah. But so far, the worst of the bunch was the previous movie, Lost Kingdom. God, I, I never, I've never seen like it, said, I'll be honest with you. Like I said, I watched it for free in an airplane. We landed. I had 20 minutes left to go. I didn't even care to finish. It's that bad. Right. Well, it doesn't look like this one's going to be much better. Just <laughs> we'll find out, though. It could be fun. It could be fun. It's a summer movie. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> and yeah, then, yeah. uh, what, one more piece of news that I've, I just threw in there, Michael, is tomorrow, at the same time when Obi Wan episode four comes out, Ms. Marvel starts tomorrow. That's right. That Disney Plus. I'm, I've heard some good buzz about it. I'll, They've I mean, given really, so if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, it's at ninety eight percent, or was at ninety eight percent to the critics. Yeah, it's really early though. It's really early. Well, it's the critics. But do you want me? To, you want to throw? I'm going to throw a, a little bit of knowledge at you though. The actress that plays Ms. Marvel, Iman Vellani. Yes. She was three when Iron Man came out. Hmm. <laughs> She was three years old when Iron Man came out, if that makes anybody feel a little bit old. And now she's part of the MCU. 
and now she's part of the MCU. So you know, it looks interesting. I, I think I said this already. I think you agree that this this is Marvel. Everything I've seen on it, the trailers and all the little bits, it's aimed at you know young. It's John, yeah, it's, it's John Hughes movie. It's a John Hughes Marvel. Right, and that and just because it's not for me doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Right, I'll watch it. Pixar films that are right. There are plenty of Pixar films that obviously are geared towards kids, but have humor that I can enjoy as well. Yeah. So I, I want to make it clear. I'm not dissing this show at all. I just know it's not geared towards me. So I'm not hyped about it like I am some of the other Marvel shows. Right. But I'm going to watch it, and I'm, I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised. Right. Well, when you go to a, com- a comic book store, not every comic's for me. That's for damn sure. I mean, there's so exactly. many different There's no, so exactly. many different ways of doing it. That's how it should be. It's definitely how exactly. it should be. Yeah. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. All right. Let's jump into our geek this week. Um why don't you start this week? You know, I got a couple things here. Uh, I started the second book in the Bobiverse uh, series for We Are Many by Dennis E. Taylor. Um, I read the first book, uh, We Are Bob, or We Are Legion, We Are Bob. Uh, Freaking loved that book, so I'm really looking forward to the second book. Started it, I'm only like 25 pages into it, but it picks up right where the last book left off, so I'm very happy about that. And then I realized uh, I hadn't checked my email. Well, I've checked my email, but I hadn't bothered to read basically the last eight or nine uh, parts of Spectators, the serial comic book that Brian K. Vaughn and Nico Henriken are putting out on Substack. Uh, new issue or new, I shouldn't say issues. Uh, they do uh, anywhere from two to three pages every week that are released for free. Uh, so I read parts 10 through 18 and the book's, it's a Brian K. Vaughn book, so uh, lots of twists, lots of turns. No idea where the series is going, but I'm enjoying the ride. Once again, a reminder, uh, this is a highly adult book. There's gratuitous violence. Not gratuitous sex or anything, but there are there's some nudity, so it's, it's not for kids. What about you, Joe? So I, I too, am indulging in the Obi-Wan comics. I'm waiting for my next issue. It should come, I think, either tomorrow or the next day digitally, so I'm waiting to catch up with that. Um, watching the offer. I don't know if I told you about that. That's the the show on Paramount that has um. It's about making the Godfather, and it's brilliant. Yeah, Just yeah, you mentioned show. that before. It sounds good. It's it's brilliant. Um, so it's almost done. I think there's a couple more episodes left. Uh, and then I watched all three episodes of The Boys, which I can't believe you haven't even talked about. I haven't had an opportunity. So, quick side note. Uh, I know you can't watch it yet because you're waiting for Michelle, but we started oh, Stranger, Stranger Things, Things this yeah. last weekend instead. Um, I will say this, uh, and I know we'll cover Stranger Things much more in depth once you and Michelle have had a chance to watch it. Right. But we only watched the first episode, and it was way too scary for Shaylee. Like, she couldn't literally watch the last five minutes or so. So she will not be watching this season, even though she's watched the <laughs> She's like, nope, I'm out. So that's how scary the new one is so far. Right. Well, I know Robert Englund's in it, so. Right. So I, I, I'm not going to make any spoilers or talk about yep. it in any way, shape, or form other than. But we'll do scary. it. We'll definitely do it. It's, it's, it's a nice thing about binging because everybody can watch it at a certain time and we're just, you know, it's different than this episodic show where we can catch up and get people caught up before. But now it's just like there's so many people that have watched it all already that. You know, they've already talked about it. They've given it out. You know what I mean? It's all done for a lot of people. Oh, I knew, uh, I have a coworker who, it came out, what, uh, like a week and a half, two weeks ago now on a Friday. And by Saturday afternoon, she was done. That's just, that's, that's so sad. I think they got the, they got to change their way. They got Netflix has got to change some of that stuff. if They want to survive. Um, so that's why I have not watched the boys yet. Plus I watched the boys alone. That is not a show that I watch with Shaylee. Yeah, my, me too. That's why I watched it. That's why I watched it. Because well, yeah, you had the opportunity because Michelle is yeah, she's busy. She's elsewhere. Elsewhere. Right? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, so, it's good, man. It's it's a good start. It's a very good start. So, I will catch up, and then our next episode we can do what episodes one through three or one through four, or whatever. Four. It is by the time I. Watch yeah. It. So yeah, that's uh, my geeks this week. Um, 
So yeah, why don't we go right into Patreon. If you guys want to help out the podcast, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kybercast. Throw us a bone, will you? If you want to. <laughs> so, Is that supposed to be Austin um, Powers? Uh, well, you're kind of a Dr. Evil. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Same. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I, I got. Uh, hey, I picked up on the reference, me, so that's not terrible. Right, 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 right. All right, so let's jump into our main topic. Uh, let's do Star Trek first because I think uh, it might be quicker. I don't know. Uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, Episode Four: Spock Amok. Um, now. Well, I agree with Michael that this is the, the best Star Trek in a long time. Um, this is what I would call a filler, ep- not a filler episode, but one where they had to dial back the budget a bit to make room for maybe other stuff in the show. And it was a very, it was a smaller show. It was a smaller episode, but it was basically Freaky Friday. And I, it just felt, uh, um, so I, I, it wasn't, um, it's just kind of goofy to me. See, I liked it. I yes, it's very Freaky Friday, but it's not something that Star Trek hasn't touched on before. I mean, the whole it felt very strange. That's that's what I thought. Maybe you would bring to this is like it. It felt like Star Trek. Like this felt like something that would have happened before. This kind of thing. Like this. It's just this is where Star Trek kind of loses me on stuff. So, well, obviously, it's it's just okay. So, number one. We know that Vulcans can do the mind meld and they can read your minds and share their mind and yada, 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 mm-hmm. right? This is just that to an nth degree. And then obviously a mistake happens. Probably, I think they explained it away from Spock being so stressed that they switched bodies. They overdid it. But this is not something we haven't, maybe not this particular thing, but if you remember the whole premise of Star Trek Three, the search for Spock, was. You know, Spock, when he uh, neck-pinched McCoy at the end of Star Trek Two, mm-hmm. he neck-pinched him and then pressed his fingers to his face and said, remember me. Right. Put his what soul in there, his conscious. He basically put his soul inside of McCoy. Yeah. So that is a version of this. So I get, yes, I can see how it can be seen as hokey because, yes, there were, you know, how many stories are there about people, you know, swapping bodies by accident and what they do? But... I, whereas, you, you know, it's not your thing, I don't think, but I thought it was an interesting way to do kind of a character study of Spock. Yeah, which, I mean, it was a character episode. I mean, it's a smaller episode. It was a cheap episode. And I'm okay with that? Well, it's totally okay. Yeah, 100%. But this reminded me of, you know, episodes we'd see on Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, or Voyager, where they had, you know, the 20... You know, anywhere from 22 to 26 episodes a season where they could take the time to take a breather and have just a, an episode that focused mostly on a single character. I liked that aspect, even though we're not going to get, you know, 20 odd episodes this season. They're still taking the time to do these kinds of episodes. And it, it reminds me of classic Trek. And that's mm-hmm. part of why I liked it. But also, not only do we get to insight into Spock. But we also got a nice little bit of insight into both uh, number two mm-hmm. and uh, Khan. Right. Yeah, which so, was cool. That part was cool. Yeah. And, you know, the hum- there were a couple times where I actually laughed out loud on this show. And that's, for me, what kind of sealed it. I mean, I we've been talking for three weeks now that this is a very strong Star Trek series. But this episode in particular reminded me, not necessarily of another series, but I don't know if you've ever watched Firefly. Have you watched that show before, Joe? I watched a little bit of it. No, I didn't get into it until well after it was canceled and well after they had created the movie Serendipity to wrap things up. Right. Michelle loved it. Michelle did a lot. Right. But I was late to the party. I knew nothing about it. And I had geek friends that were obsessed. Like, oh my God, you need to watch it. It's so good. It's so good. And I watched the first episode of the series. And I was like, all right. And then I watched the second episode. And there's a scene in the second episode that just made me like full on belly laugh. That from that second on, I love the series. Like it 
there was something about that particular scene that won me over. Not that Star Trek and Strange New Worlds necessarily had to win me over, but, you know, I lost myself in the episode with this episode. I laughed. Uh, I I've, I realized how much I cared about all the individual characters. I think this I was, for I think for one I think for this show they casted really well. Oh my god, so well. So like you you, you everybody's when you cast correctly and everybody plays their part, you know, it's hard. It's it it's what's like what I like about the show is I almost like every character. And that's if you you know right. uh, to be and if you followed me on this podcast usually that if I can't get into the characters and I can't think about them then it's really not very good but like even the doctor guy's cool you know he's got a little backstory in them they all got a little bit going on enough to thread through the season but it's also an individual particular show so they're doing a good yeah. job. Well, and the other um, thing I, I liked. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you. Do you know what other Trekkers are they? Are they putting this up there or or not? I don't know about all of them, but uh, I actually uh, one of our listeners, Michael. Um, he's a former student of mine, and basically anything he has geek something to say, he messages me, and he's been he's been touting this show since day one. Uh, I think he was the first person to like my post on on Facebook when I said that this was the best Star Trek in 20 years. So not that I want to speak for him, but I, I would feel confident in saying that he agrees. Cool. So that's, that's one of our listeners and one other Trekkie that I know. Um, but I would have to talk to other Trekkies, but I'm sold. Well, it's doing well. I'm not that Rotten Tomatoes is our be all end all, but it's a nice thing to reference. I mean, from a um, critic standpoint, it's at 98%. And from an audience score, it's 81%. So that's strong. That is strong. That is strong. I mean, it's really strong. The J.J. Abrams Kelvin versus this ain't, and I'm more than okay with that. No, right. So right now it's all great. It's when you know it gets to Picard that they screwed up the whole universe and <laughs> coming back. So it's it's and that's funny because Picard was probably the show I was most interested in, and I'm sorry after the second season. It is, it is subpar to even Discovery. Discovery, I like. I, I right. know you have your issues with it. Um, obviously, I like Discovery more than you do, which is fine. I, I'm also a Trekkie, so again, I'm biased. Sorry. But this show is hands above anything else they've put on the last 20 years. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, the question is, can they keep it going until they find a replacement for Picard and Discovery when they're done with those. You know what I mean? I don't know how many seasons those are going right. to get. Picard only has one more, but Discovery, I mean, could, I guess could have 10 more. depends if they wanted, if they wanted to. Um, you know, the thing is, there really is a lot to explore in Discovery if they wanted. So they mm -hmm. could open things up, you know, but again, they seem to be making it, and this is their decision, to make it the threat of the season and every episode is you know, focus right. on that. Hopefully they take some notes from strange new worlds and realize we don't have to have a massive threat every single season. We can just tell stories. Right. Right. So I, I will well, say one more thing. I know we want to move on to Obi-Wan. No, keep going. No, we've got others to go ahead. Well, I just, there was a something that too many sci-fi shows do is, they forget at certain points to take a moment to just take in the moment. Right. Which it's is fast. That, always moving fast. Well, always moving fast, but also let's just, you know, these characters are in these amazing situations, which for them, yes, I get are commonplace. I get for me driving to work or like today, riding my motorcycle to work. It's not that wild for me because I've been riding my motorcycle for years, but you know, 200 years ago when there wasn't, you know, combustible engines and someone had to ride a horse and it'd take them half a day to get the same distance I get, it would be an amazing thing, right? Right. So I get that these people on these ships, they've become kind of habitualized to these things. But I liked how at the end of this episode, they took a minute to just revel in the awe of what they are doing and how right. amazing 
Skine, what they signed the scratch plate or whatever it was. What do they call Scorch. that thing? Scorch. That's right. It's the it it's the last remaining original piece or something. Is that what it was? Yeah. So if it's not the original, it was like the longest lasting still. Yeah. Yeah. What's the what's what was the thing from uh, Wandavision? What's that dilemma? The arc. What was that dilemma? That um, is it real or not? If all the pieces are put back together or whatever. What was? What's oh the, yeah 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 about the boat. Yes yes. So. Yeah. You know. But but even that, like the, you know, they did that. But then they look up, and as they watch the solar sail sail ship take off, yeah, they were in awe of that cool. The I I did like. I mean, Pike was great in this again. Um, kind of figured out the optimum, not not the opponent. It was just the, the negotiations or whatever, um, the trade route negotiations. I was waiting for. I don't know what it was, but that's you know, but um, playing a hunch. There's the the humor. There's humor that's good in the show. It's a good show. It's a good, solid show. Um, I think, you know, they needed to make this a good, like it needed to have a hit because I think some Star Trek fans probably were not so happy with the other two right now. I'm guessing just from what I see on Twitter, but usually it's just people that bitch on Twitter. So that's an unfair place to like. That is true. The, the people that complain are the loudest voices. There's no question. Right. But, you, you hit on something really important there that I like too, is that, yeah, uh, Pike was amazing as always, but it was done in such a way that if you had paid attention in the episode, one of the first things this other race, I can't remember their name, this new race says is that empathy is one of our biggest things. Right. And then at the end where he says, they just want someone to see from their viewpoint. That makes sense. They empathize so much that they mirrored the different races that they were right. negotiating with. So yeah, he did figure it out, and it's empathy. And he used empathy, and that's what won him over. But they told they told you the answer when you first met the race at the beginning of the right. episode, right? So that kind of through line, I love that. Right, and I, I like. I mean, all, like I said, all the all the characters are cool. Um, Christine Chapel, that's the nurse. She's cool. Sing is cool. I like Sing a lot. I don't know if, who your favorite is in the show, but. Um, I think that's my favorite character of the show, believe it or not. Really? She's pretty cool. There's no question. Uh, right now, uh, Pike's my favorite. But uh, well, Yeah, I'm just trying to get away from like the obvious. Like, yeah, Pike and you know Spock could be interesting, but I think she's an interesting character. Uh, I really, really, really like Hemmer, the engineer. Yeah, he's interesting. He's okay. After, I mean, this episode was good for the nurse. Yeah, I have to admit, I have uh, Nurse Chapel. Yes. <laughs> you want to go to her church? Is what you're saying? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. I don't want to. I don't want to sound lascivious or anything gross or. Why? You can be attracted to people. Way, it's not like it's gonna. It's totally fine. Something about her, I'm like, yes. There's I'm not ugly like, people. Like it's yeah. Christopher Pike is just too good looking. That's not fair. He is a very handsome man. It's not fair. Good hair and all that stuff. It's not fair. Yeah, his hair is gray and it's <laughs> thick and luscious. It's like you yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, it's just bullshit. Fucking genetics. <laughs> what do you got on here? Uh, Star Trek season two, episode one. Is that the animated show? No, no, no. Okay, so this the title of this episode was Spockamock. Oh, the original series. Which, is that what you're saying? Yep, the original series. There was the season premiere of season two was called Amok Time. And it had to deal with Spock going through the pond far and having to have the duel, what he saw in his dream. He actually had to have that duel. So in some ways, this episode foreshadows what's coming in five years. Got it. That happened on the original series. So it it was a nice little connective tissue, if you will. Got it. Because T'Pring's in that as well. I won't ruin it, even though the episode came out almost 60 years ago. Well, 50 some odd years. But um, I, I didn't know that. I had to look it up. Like I said, I've not never watched the entirety of the original series. I feel like and you should. For as much Star Trek as you're into, like it's really kind of heresy that you have never watched the original series. It's really kind of. It'd be like saying you're a biggest Star I Wars really, fan, but I never saw A New Hope. <laughs> it's right. like, <laughs> I mean, honestly. I need to do it. I need to do it. But I got to watch uh, 
Like I think, I think all the listeners of the podcast should really call Michael out. I mean, I mean, come on. If you're a Trek fan that never saw the original series, shouldn't you call him out a little bit? Like this, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. The original series is an entirely different beast. They had, you know, yeah, I know, but it's still the original. It's still what started it all. Like I feel like it. You you owe it to the people, Michael. <laughs> I feel like you do. <laughs> It's like the original Battlestar Galactica. You watch it now and you realize how shitty it was, but the reboot is amazing. Same yeah, Star well, Trek. Well, we don't know that. You didn't watch it. Well, I will, fine. I will watch it eventually after season three of Daredevil. Gotcha. All right. If the world is still here. Okay. <laughs> let's, right. let's move on to episode three of Obi-Wan. Um Gosh, I feel like it's been so long now that it's it's almost a week. So it's been out. I've watched it a few times. Um, listen, I know there's critics out there for this that, that that picked this episode apart. I don't give a shit. I really enjoy this episode. There's yes, there's the little things that that you can do here and there, but you know, I'm starting to get tired of like the super nitpicky. Oh, Vader would do this, or Vader would do that. But like this episode to me was the perfect beginning of act two um we just went through act one this is the first half of act two where you don't know how obi-wan is going to get out of this you don't know how anybody's going to get out of this mess right and act three is the resolution of said mess um i don't think i've ever been more frightened of vader until i've seen till this episode till the till this thing and i and honestly i didn't think we were going to get vader this much vader this quick so that's what really shocked me for the episode. I was like, I thought we'd get like a glimpse, but no, there was a freaking fight, man. And he basically threw a Western yeah. town. The people that are all waiting for this duel. What's that? I, I don't know if it was a fight. Was a Bro, he was playing with his food. Vader was playing with his exactly. food. He, 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 he didn't want to kill him. You know, to his demise, he didn't, didn't want to kill him. He wanted to hurt him and he wanted to make him suffer. And, um, you know, so it's it's almost like, you know, when he fought Luke, he didn't want to kill Luke. He wanted to get him to the Emperor. So the whole an Emperor Strikes Back, he didn't want to. He wasn't there to kill Luke. He was there to put him in a situation to capture him. So he didn't fight that way. He just wanted to disarm him. Right. Exactly. And um, <laughs> it's really bad. But uh, Sorry. Bad jokes. this is Obi-Wan at his weakest He's shocked. He's he's got PSTD and he doesn't know what to do and he's freaking out and he's definitely not on his A game. He does the the saber is a lot heavier in his hand. You can see the way he holds it. You McGregor was great in this episode. He was great. Um, Leia was great. Like I just really liked this episode. It's just the slow build up to it. Uh, the the Western town where where normally people that go in their house and hide before the gunfight well vader just pulls them out and breaks necks like he broke a child's neck or you know teenager's neck so whoever said that this this series was supposed to be on the lighter side of like things i don't know man this episode had a stormtrooper cut in half uh you know uh vader killing people and dark enough like how much darker do you want people like i don't think i'd want it any darker then it's not necessarily star wars you know, I don't know. What was your take on this episode? I loved it. Of course, I'm biased. I know there's pieces that we can pick apart in a bit, but I, I overall, I love I love the episode. Whereas I have a bias for Star Trek, I think I do think you have a bias towards Star Wars. One hundred percent. I like this episode, not to the level you did. I might be one of those people that nitpicks a little bit. Um. Before we get to that, I will talk about I will talk about the things that I loved about this episode, which reflects some of the things you said. Um, personally, I thought Vader was scarier in Rogue One. That does not mean he wasn't scary in this episode. This, the, you know, the Vader of the prequels before Star Wars, A New Hope, whatever you call it, that Vader is a hell of a lot more terrifying than anything we saw in the original saga films. Oh, for in sure. The saga right. films. I mean, yes, he lifts that guy up by his throat. You know, the captain, uh, was it Captain Antilles or whoever? Uh, at the beginning of Star Wars. You know, right. He holds that guy. But 
I get it. The special effects weren't what they are nowadays. Why, you know, this this episode made me think, why didn't he hold him by his throat with the force? Whatever. It is what it is. They didn't have, you know, it was made in 1977. Maybe he just enjoyed, maybe he just enjoyed holding the guy. I mean, sometimes. Who knows? But in the original three movies, the original saga, there's much, much more talking about how badass and how terrifying Lord Vader is. Right. As opposed to seeing how terrifying he is. But in Rogue One, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And then this episode two, I 100% agree with you. Watching Vader walk down the street and, like you said, literally force pull people out of buildings and mess them up. And then he just literally... Snaps that guy's neck with the force. That is horrific. That's the Vader we've all wanted to see. So Hayden yeah. is in is in the costume, from what all accounts. So I think he's doing a really good job of the body language of of Vader. Like yeah. when he turns his head really quickly, when he knows he's there. Like there's you know, and it's shot really well. Like they like we know he's not as tall as David Prowse. So. You know, if you want to get the nitpicky of like how tall he is, but the, the angles they shot him from the ground up obviously make him look taller and scarier. And I thought right. he was shot. I thought Vader was done really, really well. We now know that it's James Earl Jones' voice, but it's probably through AI because he sounds younger. Well, we knew that from, I guess, episode two. But um, yeah. the point is, uh, he sounded really good. Sounded like Empire Vader. Um, I also liked. Uh, sorry, you keep going. You, 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 there was one thing you liked, and I'll, I'll cut back in when you're. Well, no, you're, and I wasn't. I'm not one of those fans that got super nitpicky. I didn't even think to judge the height of. Uh, oh, there's David yeah, the internet. Yeah, the internet gets all that's, over this stuff. It's like, come on, man, just just, just enjoy some of this stuff without being. It's like, why watch it if you're going to nitpick the hell out of it that much? Right. You know, I agree with you. I mean, I, 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 I get it. I can be nitpicky at times too, but I, I don't need. Yes, Vader is usually very tall, like David Prowse. Did I notice that? No, maybe I'm weird because I didn't notice that. But watching him, you know, force, you know, force pull people out of houses and snap necks. Maybe I was focused on that horror instead, and that's why I didn't <laughs> yeah. notice he wasn't tall. right. So, I love that. Um, I love the references to other Jedi that have been through basically the underground railroad. Well, that was just exactly Jedi. what I was going to go to is I love that scene where Quinlan Voss, the, 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 what was interesting about this episode, as I said, it's the beginning of act two. Obi-Wan is starting to see a little bit of hope, whether this is not, it doesn't show it there, but he's like, I didn't think anybody would come when he says to the person that said they were going to be late. I forgot the, Lar, 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 I forgot the, that character's name. Um, the chick from Game of Thrones. Um, yes. So like, he's like, I didn't think anybody would come. And so he's realizing, wow. And then he's seeing that all these people are doing things. There's a little bit of hope. And Quinlan's there. Like, why do you, you know, when he asks her, why do you do this? Like, why are you help? You know, he's starting to see that there's more than just him by yeah. him. Like there, there is something out there that's happening that is positive. So that's, that's going to turn the tide. Obviously they save him. Um, so that's, that's, you can see the seeds being planted of him. Yeah, they got to get him to the Obi Wan that we know. You know, yeah. There's a, a, he's recognizing there's a nascent movement, nascent movement out there. There is a rebellion that is coalescing. Yeah, and, and then seeing it, seeing the Jedi symbol and the Quinlan Voss is alive, which is interesting. That maybe he'll end up in one of the uh, uh, Mandalorian episodes or something. But well, uh, I, I get. Yeah. That the cartoons and all that are, are canon. Well, I don't know because the, right now the Grand Inquisitor's dead, so it's, I don't know how strong a canon uh, it is. It's supposed to be canon. It's supposed to be. All that said, yes, the cartoons and stuff are supposed to be canon. Animations, please. I'm sorry, the animations are canon. <laughs> but. When something happens in live action, when they reference Quinlan Boss in live action, it feels more real, at least to me. Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah. just dropping that name is like, yeah. And then he also mentioned a few other couple, at least two other Jedi that are from books that are now part of the legends. But now, because they mentioned their name, they are canon again. Yep. 
I did so like the ultimate. I like that stuff. I love that stuff. I do like the ultimate line of like, I am what you made me. That was the guilt thrown at Obi-Wan was amazing. That was awesome. Yeah, I thought a little bit of a hackneyed line. Ah, that's Vader, isn't it? He's always been, don't don't choke on your aspirations. <laughs> you mean? Yeah, okay, that's funny. He is punny. There is that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know. So. But, so, uh, again, you and I differ on that. Again, I fully expect and appreciate a broken Obi-Wan. But I, you know, you had asked me before in, you know, after the first two episodes, what was indicative of Obi-Wan being a wuss. And it was all laid on the table in this episode where he is a wuss. He is broken. He is ineffective. Yeah. He's ineffectual. He's not even in touch with the force completely. Yeah. But, you know, the duel, if you will, is not a very good one. Nope. But I get the point of that. And your comment helped me see it in a better light is that, yes, it's Vader playing with his food. Oh, he wanted to torture him. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to strike Obi-Wan down and just kill him and be done with him. He's He's letting him get away because... He wants to keep attacking him and hurting him, destroying him bit by bit. Mm-hmm. He wants to torture him. So I get that. So I appreciate you saying that. It helped me appreciate this episode a little bit more. But and, I mean, and maybe it's just because I'm such an Obi-Wan fan. Yeah. Obviously not to the level you are, but I am an Obi-Wan fan. And to see him so useless. It hurts. It does. Yeah, to see him. I mean, it was amazing that they he dragged him through the fire. That was horrible. Like that was like dark shit, man. Yeah, but again, so then the nitpicky part of me is like, where are these burns on Obi Wan later in the future? We never see him without his. We just saw his on his shoulder and his arm. We never saw him without his cloak on. Well, it looked like part of his face was in there too, though. Well, we'll see. I don't think so. It looked like when they rolled him over in the sand, because I was looking for that. When they rolled him over on the sand, it was basically all, you know, here. Uh, on his, from his shoulder to his arm, mid-arm and stuff like that, and on his back and everything. Hmm. Hair grows back, so maybe it'll grow back gray. Unless the, unless the skin's all effed up. Yeah. I don't think it is. Plus, Bacta. We'll see what Bacta can do as well. We don't know. I mean, it may, look what it did to, to uh, Boba Fett. I mean, didn't grow his hair back though, did it? He did not. <laughs> did not. not grow his hair back. Um, so I mean, and and Leia was great in this again. I I think, you know, think of some of the symbolism in this. Almost like, let's say, I don't know if they're trying to do this, but like a a slight reference to um, Jewish people and Nazis. Like when they get in the back of that, whatever that rat face thing was. Freak, Freak, or whatever the hell his name was, um, that took him into oh, the town, mole the mole man. Um, but like they're walking on that thing, and he's got the sign of the empire on his that's painted. It's not a an official flag, right? So they're getting they're getting into a ship knowing that they're the enemy, but he's they still got on there. It's like, can you imagine if that was um, a couple of Jewish people that were running away, but this was the only transportation they had, and there was a Nazi flag on 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 the transportation, they had the fake that they were handmade. German. Flying, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but at this point, what, what choice do they have? Cause they have a choice, right? That's the, that's the horror of that, that little subtle horror of that, of that, that scene, you know? Right. And this, if they suddenly said, Hey, let me change my work it off. That's even more suspicious. Right. Right. And then, um, so. just, just the, the, I love the little interactions between Ben and, and Leia, especially on that, that transport where he, you know, his mind is in so many different places. When Leia gets him upset, he says, that's enough Leia or whatever. And then the stormtrooper was like, I thought you said her name was Lola. And then, and then Leia thinking at her feet so quickly, well, that was mom's name. You know? Yes. I get sometimes confused. And when I look at the face, it was like just a beautiful moment. And then, you know, it really does remind him of his, of her mom, you know? So it's a, that's really good writing right there. I, I really liked those scenes. Um, so they're building these characters. They're building the strength. It's the thing is, I have no idea where it's going to go now. 
Like they had so much done in the first three episodes. They clearly they're gonna fight again. I mean, we know that's gonna happen. Right. We don't know how that's gonna go. Well, we know that nobody dies. So I mean that's the thing, that's the problem with prequels. But it's not what this well, is we about. Know that, this we is know about that Vader and Obi Wan aren't gonna die. That's what I mean. I mean, so their fight will be whatever. I'm going to assume maybe Vader might lose something, an arm or something, because then then Ben can see that it's more machine now than man. So he doesn't really know how much of right, humans. You can chop off a robot hand over and over, and it's going right. on. Right. Um, so it, it, who knows where it's going to go? But I do like that they took this journey of Ben, you know, a broken Ben, and they're they're trying to rebuild him, so to speak. And you know, clearly Qui Gon's going to come at some point. Because if they don't, people are going to be pissed because it's the third episode. He's calling for Qui Gon, and he hasn't shown up. So. Oh yeah, if, I, I would bet my left pinky that we are going to hear. At least here, Qui Gon. At, at least, least here, at, at least. Yeah, I mean, because we didn't see Ben until Empire Strikes Back as a as a um a, a ghost. Or a so ghost. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I'm digging the show. I mean, I think it's a solid B plus A minus. You know, I think it's 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 one of the better Star Wars shows that's been out. That's where I'm at. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I liked it, but uh, there, there are still some issues I have. But so let's overall, let's let's get into the issues. Let's get let's let's get, let's not gloss over them. Let's be honest about the show. We just like we got into Boba Fett and all that. Well, no, just that. I, I think my biggest issue is just seeing how maybe it's me just dealing with how weak and ineffectual Obi Wan is, and maybe you know maybe that's the point. I think by the end the of the point. series, I'll see him. I'll see him rekindled and the man who I expect him to be, and the journey will make sense. And, and so maybe that's it. Maybe the biggest beef I have is my own expectation. Is that I just maybe I don't want to see Obi Wan quite this broken. I mean, I expected right. it, but again, maybe sometimes you're not ready. You know, you're not. No one's ever re- ready to see their heroes, right? Uh, you know, be human. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I can, I can see why people would be the pickiest thing that people mostly had was why didn't just Vader grab him through the fire and bring him back through to get him? Why do you let that, you know, but if you watch the show, you know, why is Vader scared of the fire? Why doesn't he just walk through? But I think people fail to remember that like Vader is also confronting his past at the same time. So, and when you know that Anakin is still in there, cause you know, he is because Luke brings him back. That there's going to be thoughts of like, he's, you know, that fire may not hurt him, but having Obi-Wan in him was in the same situation, I think would cause pause, you know, enough, enough, enough for that robot to come and grab him and get him out of there. Um, now, hopefully they grabbed his lightsaber because that was on the ground. They didn't show if they picked it up or not because Obi couldn't think about it, but I'm assuming they did. I, I think you already hit the nail on the head is that. This is Darth Vader playing with his food. It's the it's the prey being played mm-hmm. with by the predator, and Obi Wan's. I mean, sorry, not Obi Wan. Anakin slash Vader is okay with letting him get away because he's gonna find him again, and it's about beating him down relentlessly. And if he just right, it's if not he about just the kill, he's savoring it. Yeah, and if he just kills Obi Wan, then he's gonna kind of has to deal with himself now, right? Right now, he can blame Obi Wan for everything. Exactly. And, and none of the decisions are here. But once Obi Wan's gone, then what? Are you still Vader? Are you still bad? Now what? Where's your anger going to be towards? What's, you know? So part of him, I think, needs him to be alive to to stay Vader because then he's got to confront himself, which is the scariest right. of all things to do, right? Like confront your own problems, um, which is what Anakin didn't do at all. You know, he's you know, he blamed it all on without um, Obi Wan. He has to look at himself in the mirror, and he can't. Right? No, he can't. Um, he's got to deal with what he did to Padme and whatever else the best. So he's going through trauma himself, um, or P- PTSD or PSTD with post-traumatic. Yeah, PTSD. PTSD. So he has it too. I think people forget that because they think, well, Vader would just do this. Well, Vader is a Vader is a tragic hero, a tragic villain. He is not the Emperor. He's he's the Emperor's puppet. In many ways, yes, Vader is a victim. Yeah, he's so fucking Frankenstein. Really he's Frankenstein's him. monster. I mean, that's that's what right. he was. So he does, you know, he's he's not what people I think 
want him to be a certain thing, like just go like be the super villain, like I can go through anything and do anything, but he's also a bit of Anakin still in there. So that's, you know, he's got problems. He's got mental problems that he's still dealing with as well. So I think that's part of it that people kind of fail when I read a lot of the nitpicky stuff. And I thought Reva was great in this episode. Pretty scary at the end with, you know, it looks like Leia starts to run away. So there's a chase coming up in the next ones. She didn't get him right away, but uh, get her right away. Um, but clearly, well, I think, I, go ahead. I, I, want, I want to know if Reva found uh, Leia because, because remember, the Inquisitors, not only do they hunt down Jedi, but those that are force sensitive that might be a problem later in the future. Is Reva, was she able to so quickly find Leah and get to the end of the tunnel because she can feel that Leah is force sensitive? Maybe. That's or, a question I have that hopefully they answer in the next couple episodes. Well, if they get Leah, then clearly Obi-Wan has to go back to wherever they take Leah to get her. And that would be set up the next or conversation, exactly. I would assume. So, um, it's funny because I was reading a lot of things. Oh, our buddy Alan texted me. And our, our text, you're in the text thread with Alan was was saying stuff about the Obi Wan, or maybe he just texted me directly. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that one. Um, but my point was, uh, let's see. You know, Alan was said something like, I don't know. Um, this whole having having her know what, that it's Ben's name. I'm like, well, she says Ben in in A New Hope. She knows right. it. She knows. She knows it's Ben and Obi Wan is the same person. She's like, well, she says Obi Wan in the message. I go because it's a diplomatic. Me- it's a message. What if it gets, you know, taken? You know, it's it was just a, a formal message to Obi Wan. But like when Luke rescues her from the cell, he goes, "I'm here with Ben Kenobi." She goes, "Ben Kenobi, where?" She didn't say who's Ben. I don't know who Ben is. Exactly. She so knows. she. She knows both names. Like people are, but people are ripping the show for that. They're like, oh, how does he know? She knows it's Ben, and how does she know he's Obi Wan? It's the same person. I'm like, well, she knew that in New Hope, right? The first message is Obi Wan, and then when Luke says, "I'm here with Ben Kenobi," she doesn't get weird about it. She goes, "Well, let's go then." So, I'm sorry. They did their homework, because, is what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Just because they don't show it in the episode. There's a whole span of 10 more years here where you don't think that her and her father had a conversation at some point where he said, by the way, they're the same person. Well, she already knows that right now. Right. But even if they, even if she didn't, right, that's easily, easily explained canonically. Exactly. So it's like the people are nitpicky. That was one thing that Lugo brought up was like, uh, um, Yeah. That's a non-issue in my mind. Yeah, it's not for me either. Um, anyways. Anyway, I'm trying to see what else he said in here, but uh, yeah, it's just the criticism, it can be very tough. And I just think, you know, everybody's got to take a step back. And I think when criticism's warranted in the story, you criticize it. Um, and there's problems. I mean, that you, but we don't know Vader's motivation completely. And I think people were kind of like, he would have just pulled him through and killed him. And I'm like, well, no, that I don't think that's his motivation. So, um, and part of it too, and I'm guilty of this as well, um, is that this is not the whole story. We've no. only now seen literally half the story. So without knowing where it's going, it's easy to criticize. And again, right. I'm fully guilty of this as well at times. And even with this series. So, once we have the whole thing, maybe uh, after we've seen the whole thing, we can reassess. Yeah, could all be different. Could all be different. Could hate it. Could hate the next three episodes. Who knows? Could love it. Well, it's just know. like, okay, with Picard season two, I I liked most of it, but, you know, I kept saying how they ended is the most important thing, and it landed like a wet thud, and I, when I look back, I was not happy with the season because they did not stick the landing. Well, yeah, I'm, same with Boba Fett. I mean, I, I waited, waited for a certain thing, and and it never really came to fruition. There was some good episodes, but as a show, it wasn't. It was C, you know, it was it was average. Um, right. And I think this is at a B minus A or A minus B plus right now. I mean, it's not. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, we'll see at the end. So, 
I know that uh, I have, what I do like right now is I have no idea where it's going. I can't even, most shows you can figure out, but they've given us so much in the first three episodes that I'm, I'm just surprised we got that much Vader this quickly. So that's good. We didn't get chintzed, you know, uh, on that. And so. I, I agree with you. I like that we have no idea where this is going and that that's exciting. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that's good. We've covered all the bases this week. So, Michael, we're, how can people tell you to watch the uh, original Star Trek? <laughs> if you have thoughts on the first three episodes of Obi-Wan or yes, if you want to uh, guilt me into watching the original series of Star Trek, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at KyberCast. Or if Facebook is more your jam, we have both a page and a group at the KyberCast. Awesome. And if you would also like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash KyberCast. But the best way and always the best way to help the show is to smash that subscribe button, smash it saber it whatever you got to do um leave a some kind of review on apple podcasts or spotify or wherever you get your podcast that does help the algorithms of the world um tell a friend about the show that that is a, a great way to help out our show we really appreciate it to <laughs> excuse me add those listeners i'm choked up over trying to get people to listen to our show um <laughs> Please, please send it to a friend. Um, no, but uh, that does really help out the show uh, as telling your, your friends about our show. But uh, next week, we've got a lot to talk about. we got Miss Marvel that's coming up. We'll watch that. Um, well, maybe. I have to see if Michelle's here. <laughs> but it's the plan. Miss Marvel, uh, we got episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. we got Strange New Worlds. Uh, I don't know what else is starting this week, but I think that'll that'll be a lot. Um, well, between... Stranger Things and the Boys. Oh, yeah. We've got, we've got plenty to talk four about. Four or five shows we need to be watching, right? Yeah. So we're going to have plenty throughout the summer to catch you up on. We may not be the uh, the quickest to come out with these uh, reviews, but you know what? Everybody kind of watches at their own pace anyway, so hopefully you enjoy it when you do listen. So uh, until next week, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.